Let us pray. Holy and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Let us listen now to these words from the close of the Gospel of Luke. Then Jesus said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with the power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. Here is where the gospel of Luke comes to a close. But the relationship does not come to a close. The relationship continues. And so does the story. Remember, Luke and Acts are written as two volumes by one author. They're two pieces of a continuous narrative. I don't imagine that all of you have been watching too many TV shows recently in these days, but you know how when you're watching from one show to the next and you start with a flashback or a recap of the important things that have just happened? So this ascension moment happens at the close of the Gospel of Luke and then in the beginning of the book of Acts, you might hear the voiceover say, previously in the Gospel of Luke, and then reshow the same part of the story again, returning to this scene of the ascension. But here, the retelling is slightly different. In Acts, the author adds that the disciples are left wondering, Lord, is this the time you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons the Father has set by his own authority. Can you share their frustration of living in a timeline that you know very little about. And then also enacts this detail. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up into heaven will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. There's something funny to me about this, about this line and about, again, back to our children's story, what would these two men say to everyone standing there staring up into the clouds? What would you expect them to do? Of course, they'd be standing there staring at the clouds. A lot of artists show just Jesus's feet as he's disappearing right out of view. But they say, don't just stand around looking at the clouds. These people have an assignment to do, a pretty big one. They are told they're going to be witnesses to these things. So what would you say to these disciples on the brink of this new thing? What advice do you give someone who is hesitating to get started?
How do you encourage someone to begin? You have to start somewhere, right? You might say that to them. With most advice, it's easy to give, but you don't really believe it until you live into it yourself. But think of all of these inspirational quotes on beginnings. Have any of them seemed true to you? The ancient Chinese proverb, the journey of 1,000 miles begins with a single step. Plato wrote, the beginning is the most important part of the work. Any, an Irish proverb says, making the beginning is one third of the work. Buddha says, there are two mistakes one can make along the road to truth, not going all the way and not starting. And my favorite, this is the one I tell myself when I'm having a hard time starting something new. The problem is solved by walking. You just have to start, just put one foot in front of the other. So on the day we remember how the disciples were hovering between the Easter resurrection moment and waiting for Pentecost, the birthday of the church when they would receive the Holy Spirit, I wanted to talk to you about beginnings, about how important it is to take that first step having faith that God is with you as you step into your next big thing together. As we said in the prayer of invocation, you step out in faith. It's the ground that we trust that will hold us as we try something new. I was thinking about all of our members who are graduates in this season, who might have even been missing graduation ceremonies that would have happened in just these next few weeks how they would have heard a commencement address about how commencement is not the end of their education, it is only the beginning of the next endeavor. These addresses would have given them wisdom on how to proceed. I wanted to talk to you about how we tackle our new beginnings in so many different ways. Some of us rush in without a plan and some of us take a long time planning and deliberating, calculating. I had wanted to. I was ready to, to talk to you about this moment of a new beginning, but I had the timing wrong, both for the story, for our church community, for our town, for our country. We want to talk about beginnings, reopenings, but it does not seem to be the time yet. And as it is written, it is not for us to know the times. So we are left like the disciples ready to begin, but told to wait. In the text, the disciples are told, stay here until you are clothed with a power from on high. So we aren't quite beginning, are we? We're hovering in between. We're preparing ourselves to begin. And this to me is somehow so much harder. And I can't think of any helpful, inspirational quotes about this stage. This is just a spiritual practice of waiting. I think of the spiritual, keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Watch and wait, be ready, but for what? What will it mean for them to be clothed with the power from on high? How will they accomplish this work, which will encompass the whole cosmos, the entire known world? We know and they know that waiting is not a passive thing. Maybe they, stood there looking into the clouds for a few moments. We can't blame them. But even in this waiting, there's envisioning to be done. This moment for us now in history feels apocalyptic, like a revelation, but in the sense that it has uncovered things, it's exposed things that we don't wanna see. The structural injustices in our society, 
It's time for us to wait actively, re-envisioning our own next steps. Listen to the author, poet, social activist, Sonia Renee Taylor. She wrote, we will not go back to normal. Normal never was. Our pre-corona existence was not normal other than we normalized greed, inequity, exhaustion, depletion, extraction, disconnection, confusion, rage, hoarding, hate, and lack. We should not long to return, my friends. We are being given the opportunity to stitch a new garment, one that fits all of humanity and nature. What will that garment look like? To me, it mirrors that language from our gospel, that image of waiting to be clothed with the power from on high. It comes from God, from God's vision for creation. I think about everything we've learned already about God's kingdom, a place of justice and peace, a place where all people can find belonging and fulfillment. God starts somewhere, right here in the text, beginning with Jerusalem, but in, in the end encompassing the entire world. Even God has to start somewhere. And God starts with these imperfect people these imperfect human beings, asking them to witness to what they've seen in this oppressed region of the world. So we're here at this hinge moment in the story from part one to part two. But do you remember early in the beginning of the story how the Gospel of Luke begins with a young woman who knows she is about to start the biggest new thing? And so there she is singing the Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord, and trusting that through Jesus, there will be a new world order, that the unjust systems of the world will topple, and a new society will come about where the most vulnerable will matter to everyone most of all. The last shall be first. So God is starting a new thing even now, bringing fulfillment to that vision of creation. This passage is so magnificent, so fantastical, so hard to even imagine. The work of justice seeking and peacemaking is so huge that I think we could just get lost and wish we were watching the drifting clouds. But let's not. Let's trust that in this passage, there's a key to understanding what we too are supposed to do next. What if this passage is very simple. What if it's just Jesus saying to his friends, you've got this. It might look like I'm leaving, but I'm never gonna leave you. We are about to do this huge thing, but first, just wait right here. I'm gonna be with you in a new way, in an even better way. And the people start with praise. While they're waiting, they're continually blessing God. Look at your own life. Trust that God works within you and with whatever is in your own capacity. The last time I preached, we talked about forbearance. God might begin with your own forbearance. God might begin with your patience. God might begin with your love or your charity or your hope. 
God might begin with the way you rush in or the way you carefully plan. You have gifts within you that are already in full bloom, and God will begin there in your own life. God began in Jerusalem, but God did not quit there. God spread the message of love through the entire world in every, in every language using flawed but faithful people. Jesus is God, starting with a single step. The Holy Spirit is God sticking with us. The church is all of us, the people who trust that the Spirit will guide us. So God is saying to us, wait here, I'm coming for you, and also I've never left you. So don't stand there looking into the clouds for me. Look around, look at your neighbors, look at creation, Let's see it all for what it really is. And let's do a huge new thing together. Thanks be to God. Amen.